Welcome to the podcast. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. I'm here to help you navigate nuanced conversations and explore topics that demand your attention and awareness. There is no topic off limits here. Together, we will seek to find the middle path, explore the polarities of darkness and light, left and right, grace and grit. As a writer, life coach, and seasoned yogi, I'm in the business of awareness and conscious action. I'm here to create space for the conversations that need to be had in order to create solutions that bridge the divide between humans. Sensemaking will use practical, logical, philosophical, and spiritual tools to help us gain well-rounded perspectives on issues that strike a chord. Let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get into today's show, I want to warn you all that today's conversation is triggering. We will be talking about things um, that might trigger some people's sexual trauma, but it's an exceptionally important conversation to have right now. This conversation is all about protecting our kids protecting the gay community, and protecting the trans community. You guys probably notice that there is a lot going on that doesn't make sense. There's a lot being censored right now. And some of the topics that we're talking about are going to push you. They're going to be really uncomfortable. And I would love to encourage you not to check out from this conversation Because without an honest look at reality, we go to very bad places. When we censor things that are going on, we get to very bad places. I found Matt Ray through Gays Against Groomers. Gays Against Groomers is an organization comprised of people from the gay community, people from the trans community that are taking a stand against everything that's happening to our children from taking little tiny children into adult drag strip shows which is highly sexualized content from including highly sexualized books and graphic material in children's classrooms and we're going to talk about some things today that are going to shock you we're going to look at the agenda behind why gender ideology is being pushed so vigorously on our children. We're going to look at the history of gender theory and the people that created it. And when you find out who created gender theory, it's going to make your stomach turn. In a world where cancel culture is pushed so heavily and we want to cancel people who are associated with evil or saying the wrong thing, this is something we have to look at. The selective rage needs to be investigated because if it is important to cancel things, then, well, my friends, you're going to need to take a good hard look at this one. I bring on sense makers. 
I bring on brave individuals who are willing to be critical thinkers and stand up to this cancel culture mob. The world is shifting right now, and we need more and more people, just like Matt, who are willing to take a stand for the truth. Before we get into the show, um, again, I just want to remind you to stay rooted, to stay grounded, because this is a tough conversation. But being able to be in discomfort is important. We can't ignore this, everyone. If you need help staying grounded in a world gone wild, see the show notes. I am an integrated life coach. I work with people one-on-one and in group containers. And my membership, The Sovereign, gives you everything you need to stay rooted and grounded so that you too can stand up against a cancel culture mob. So you too can stand firm in your I am, in your resolve, in your value, so that nothing shakes you. So that no matter how wild this world gets, you are calm, you are grounded, and you are able to move forward. We give you everything you need, literally guys, everything. Practices to keep you grounded, practices for your mental health, for your physical health. You get an amazing online wellness studio. You get live weekly coaching sessions with me and other and really elevated individuals. And you get workshops every single week that will provide you education and essential sovereign skills from everything from natural health to prepping, to building a business, to improving your financial situation. Guys, literally everything you need to handle this world for only 44 bucks a month. See the show notes or visit CarlaJoyTreadway.com. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am Carla Joy Treadway, and today I have a very special guest with me, Matt Ray. Matt, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Matt comes to us from Gays Against Groomers, which is probably one of my favorite accounts on Instagram right now. I've been obsessively following you guys and all the work that you're doing, as well as uh, your your sister company, I guess, Trans Against Groomers. Uh, you're, you're part of both. Yes. And you guys are getting viciously attacked left, right, and center for putting out some really common sense ideas and for protecting children. And before we even get into the show, I want you guys all to listen to this entire thing. Even if you think this isn't an issue I need to pay attention to, or I don't know a lot about this, or no, Canada's not like this. I need you to listen. And I want you to know where we're coming from. Both Matt and I deeply respect the gay community, the trans community, and we're here to protect children. So this podcast comes from a place of love. We're here to protect children as well as protect the gay community and hold the integrity and acceptance that they did have before some of these people um, took things too far. Yeah, it's what's going on right now is absolutely devastating. And what breaks me the most is it's shocking to think we're living in a society where protecting children is something that isn't being agreed on. Mm -hmm. Why is wanting to preserve 
children's innocence and protect them from these evil agendas so controversial why are people who want to help children speak up for something they can't do themselves because they don't know what's happening to them mm-hmm. why are people trying to stop that and it just really shows us the cesspool we're heading towards in society and it's time to make a stand now because it's getting to the point of no return and matt as a trans man you would think that people would be listening to you if if the trans community is raising the alarm bells raising the flag saying that there's an issue here why is it do you think that you're getting shut out because if anyone is going to speak about trans issues or gender issues you would think that you would be allowed to have a voice here why don't you think you're allowed to have a voice in this space the issue we have right now is we're living in the day and age of cancel culture and unfortunately this minority because they are the majority of us do not stand for any of this but sadly this minority who are being so loud and pushing this monstrous stuff they are being put up on pedestals and they are in the public being presented as the voices of the community whereas other people like me we're being censored and i get attacks on the daily i have also received a lot more support because there is a lot of parents who are so thankful to hear um, people in the community speaking up but the attacks when they come in they are vicious you know i've been called transphobic I've been told that if I was alive during the Holocaust, I would have handed my own people over. Uh, The one that I find hilarious is I used to think that being trans meant presenting. You can't change biology, but you present yourself as the opposite gender in in whatever way you can. And I've had people tell me that because I actually look like a male, I don't speak for the trans community. Mm. So what I see this as there's this small group of non-binary people. It's these non-binary people that seem to be pushing this stuff the most. And, you know, they're being used for advertisements like Crayola and things like that, which children don't need in front of them either. You know, it, it it's ridiculous. Everything is being forced in, down people's throats and the people who want to actually speak common sense are having their voice taken away. You know, I, I interviewed Buck Angel recently and he said the same thing. Oh, I love him too. He said it's the it's the non-binary people. It is. Which is, it's I, it, it's entertaining. I mean, really, really what is non-binary is gender non-conforming, which to me almost seems very much about uh, an appearance. I could be totally wrong and just butchering this, but it seems like an outer shell of an identity mm-hmm. compared to like a, a deep inner knowing but they have really taken over this space and absolutely are the loudest bullies in all of this right now. Buck had me on his um, show not that long ago and we got to like quite a deep part of the, the conversation and it was kind of upsetting because we were talking about how when we transitioned all that time ago, we just wanted to live our lives and be left alone. We weren't, you know, I've never actually associated myself with the LGBTQ community because I think there's more about someone than what your sexual preference is or things like that. Like people have a personality. So I never associated with that. But Buck and I were saying that because of these non-binaries and these radical TRAs and all of this, for the first time since we transitioned, we're having to openly declare to people that we're biological females because of the fact that they're trying to, confuse children and not teach them the birds and the bees anymore and tell them that gender is a social construct so to stop the children from being 
taught all these ridiculous lies and lead to very confused adults in the future we're having to dig up our past that we left behind we just wanted to be left alone because someone's got to do it but it's kind of sad you know it, mm. it, it, it's sad to have to do that but it has to be done these children like they're under attack and it's so heartbreaking I hear you. So what you were saying before is you could kind of just go under the radar and just feel accepted. Um, and then all of a sudden you had to come out and just publicly say like, I have gender dysphoria or I have transitioned and you wouldn't have had to do that before you could have just lived your life. Yeah. I mean, obviously when I've dated people and things, I'm married and everything, but they, they know and everything, but if you're meeting someone in the street, they don't necessarily need to know who you are. There's walking past you in the street. You know what I mean? But now I'm in this position where I'm having to get this platform and say to people, right. Biology is a fact. This I may live as a man, but I can never change the fact that I am a biological female. Yeah. So the argument from this other side is that they're doing this for, um, for trans people to be accepted do you feel more accepted now or did you feel more accepted when you could just go and live your life? What's that experience been for you? This might not uh, relate to other people, but from my growth and learning of everything, acceptance comes from within. Mm -hmm. See, like for some people, you know, they transition because they are being told that it's if they're depressed, it will change everything. And that's not necessarily the case for me. It really did save my life, you know, um, but my situation is kind of different. My mom uh, was told she was having a boy through her whole pregnancy. She'd even chose out a male name. When I came out as female, it was a shock. And then age five, I was telling her I thought I was a boy. And she kept saying to me, it's a phase. You're young. He laughed at me. And when I look, I was really upset at the time, like, oh, you know, like, but when I look back, she was being a good parent. And when I was older, um, I had my blood taken once I went down and everything, and it turned out I actually had 10 times more testosterone in my body than a female should have had in the first place, and that mm -hmm. I was technically intersex. So my situation's a bit different. It actually really did help me, but mm -hmm. that is not the case for other people. So my acceptance, I didn't accept myself before because I wasn't happy in my body, okay? But when I finally leveled out, the blood tests actually made a lot of sense to me because it showed there was something like, more going on than just this this mental thing and the testosterone really did do that so i feel more accepted now but it's because i love myself more i'm i don't i don't loathe myself i was i went through a lot of depression when i was younger but obviously that doesn't speak for everyone but i do think self-acceptance is very important like when you see a lot of these people who are going down these woke radical like progressive like paths mm -hmm. when you look at them without being disrespectful you can see not a, a lot of them seem to be not living very healthy lifestyles they seem to be quite unhappy in themselves mm -hmm. that's what i've noticed anyway like that is that's a really good point that you just made that acceptance comes from the inside and yes that didn't mean that you weren't going to transition or that they didn't benefit you but there was so much inner work that you had to do and your mom obviously gave you a lot of time to do that she didn't rush into this thing and one thing that i really see problematic with what we're doing to children right now is we a children a child comes to us because they're uncomfortable and we say let's focus everything on your outer identity 
And anytime anyone treats you differently or makes you uncomfortable or misgenders you or uses the wrong pronouns, then like cause a big stink. So what we're doing is getting children to be hyper yes. aware of how that. others perceive them. And if anyone has a teenager, um, they already do that. They're already hyper aware of how they're showing up. Well, now they're like, they think everyone's about to attack them. Like exactly. it's a recipe for anxiety. They're being made that way though. You know, we're in a society where victim mentality is praised. So they're being told that if someone makes a slight, slight slip up, but with their pronouns, to see it as a massive attack. I saw this one video, this girl couldn't have been over 13 years old. And she stood there, she's got a, a crowd of these non-binaries in front of her, you know, they've got all the trans and LGBT flags. And she stands there and says that uh, two days ago, she told, her parents she's a boy and she's not even dressed in boys clothes she's still dressed like a girl very confused girl you can see and then she says that they're still calling her by her old name it had been two days right two days but this crowd are going boo transphobic and i'm thinking come on you know but this is the society we're living in like, it's been made to look like that and i admit like that there was a bit of time when i was a teenager when when my mom was talking common sense to me where I thought she was being the wicked witch of the West. You know, I thought she was being so evil. Why won't you let me transition at 12? You know, like, <laughs> but looking back now, I think, mom, you were great because there is ways to show acceptance without forcing this radical puberty blockers and surgery. You know, my mom let me cut my hair short if I wanted to. And she, and she told me to love myself. This is the thing, children, a lot of children now, do have trauma and they suffer from some kind of not necessarily gender dysphoria, but a lot of them have body dysmorphia at some point because we live in a world of magazines as well, where they point out the slightest flaw in your body and oh, that's disgusting. You have to look a certain way or no one's going to like you. And a lot of people are shallow because of shows like Love Island and things like that. So a lot of youth have this really crippling anxiety to do with some kind um, form of their body, you know, and all these things add up and I think that's why we've got a lot of lost children and the teaching gender in school is dangerous because teachers are using it to make students feel special as well I saw a video where this teacher had the nerve to go on TikTok and brag about how one of her students had felt safe enough to disclose his pronouns to her so she then went to her class and told them well what I got from that is she's gone look how brave this student is now kids like to feel special they like to feel accepted so she said the whole class then told her their pronouns too and that's because they wanted to feel special you can tell and then she said she told the kids their parents were unsafe <sighs> and oh. we're seeing a lot of that there is a lot of mistrust being put between parents right now and that, you know, whether they were real or not, I think people concluded that they were. There was that leaflet going around in the UK encouraging kids to talk to strangers. So everything that has been a common sense a no before is now being turned into a yes. And then you have this disgusting curriculum that has just come in, which is backed by the WHO, teaching childhood masturbation from ages naught to four um, and about good and bad touch. And that is extremely dangerous because... That means a kid goes to school young, they learn that they get told if an adult touches them and it's good, it's okay. They're not going to tell their parents if they get abused because they're not going to know it's abuse. Right. That's the definition of grooming, right? They're starting it to is. prime children. It is.
And this is being pushed by the education system and the books, you've probably seen them in the school libraries right now. They are literally giving step-by-step -step information on how to give oral sex, how to have anal sex. A mother actually went down to one of the school boards and read one of them called This Book is Gay. And it gave step-by-step -step instructions on how to have gay sex. And this was going around to 12 year olds. This is where Canadians need to listen up to because I don't I've been doing a lot of snooping a lot of digging. I don't know if those are in our library yet and I'm going to say yet because we follow the US really quick behind and these these books are pornographic they're not appropriate for young children it has nothing to do with. Um, what gender ideology that you represent, whether it's monogamy, whether you believe people should be straight or gay, it has nothing to do with that. It's literally only, it's a pornographic material, not suitable yeah. for elementary schools. And I know in British Columbia, there was a teacher that put out masturbation homework. There was another teacher in Canada that said they wanted children to take a, a picture of themselves in, in the bathtub doing the assignment. And the parent saw this and was like, um, no, like, no, you're, you're not doing this. Mm -hmm. So, okay, Matt, I get really stuck on this question because I love my gay friends. I want, I want people to feel safe. There are absolutely trans kids. There are gay kids. So when I, when I think of teaching this curriculum, I don't want to erase gay people. When we talk about sex ed, I want sexually appropriate content. Yes. What I'm hearing from your story, the reason that you transitioned well was because your mom made you take time with it and slowly you became who you are in this moment. And even though at the time there was resistance, you're grateful for it now because she didn't immediately just do what you wanted as a child. She made you wait. Maybe yeah. you had counseling later, I'm not too sure, but can you describe that, that process of why it was beneficial? Yeah, it was beneficial because, I mean, your brain doesn't start, finish developing till you're 25 years old for a start. And going through puberty is pretty tough as it is. And the mind and the body go through a lot of contradictions during that time. And it can be pretty confusing as it is. And uh, like I said, I fought back then. My mum was so mean. <laughs> I thought she was so mean and not hearing me. But affirming children is extremely dangerous especially when I told you that I was age five when I first said something to my mum can you imagine affirming a five-year-old like I was still running around the garden thinking I was Batman at that age you know when 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 you're a kid you think you are anything you think you're inanimate objects you know I've seen kids say they're tables and things like that like affirming a child when they tell you they're in the wrong body when they've got that kind of imagination is absolutely horrific and we've got some organizations coming forward saying you can tell if a kid's trans at age two. That's monstrous. I wanted to be a mountain lion. I had pictures of mountain lions all over yeah. my room because I loved mountains. And I figured that mm -hmm. if I became this large cat, then I could do that. Yeah. I used to draw myself with cat heads. Like, thank God I didn't turn into a furry. That's what I mean. But this is why it's getting dangerous now, because I'm sure you've seen that pronoun go on TikTok. She's saying you can identify as things like uh, dawn or dusk, blanket, blanket self. Yeah. You know, so demon, self, demon, oh, self. demon, demon self. Yep. So like we're at the point where that's becoming a thing, too. You know, are we going to get to the point where we're going to walk down the street one day and see someone putting themselves in a table shape and not question them? because it's normal to identify as a table. This is where we're going and it's extremely dangerous. And my transition, 
it's turned out well for me mentally, but I did have some complications, um, especially with my top surgery. Now, I had my top surgery in October of 2020, mm-hmm. and I nearly lost one of my nipples. And I had never, before my surgery, I hadn't even been put to sleep before, okay? So my first time being put to sleep was a life-changing major surgery. And I wasn't told that you can get post-surgery depression. I, I, I didn't know that I was going to possibly lose a nipple and the stress that would bring. I didn't know that I would be bed bound for about three months before I could even start lifting. And I didn't know I'd have to have my friend help me when I went for a bath because I couldn't do everything myself. So mm-hmm. imagine doing this to children, giving these mastectomies to a child who is still developing mentally. Their body hasn't even finished developing yet. And then imagine those complications. This surgery could kill a child, I think. Their bodies aren't ready for this kind of change. And no matter, no, no matter what you do, you can never change your gender. You will always be your biological gender. And the hormones as well, that was crazy as it was. You know, when you go to these appointments, so the system for me, it's different if you go private. If you've got the money, they'll fast track you like a ride at Disneyland, you know, they'll, they'll put you straight on there. But if you don't have the money in the UK, you can use the NHS. And I, I went through the NHS, but the, the process is the same, but you can just get it faster done if you've got the cash. So the first appointment, you'll go to your normal GP, your doctor, and you'll tell them how you feel. They'll then refer you to a gender clinic. When you go to that gender clinic, the appointment wait can be quite a while to get there. Um, once you go there, they will then they will ask you some questions. And it's not what you think. You know, when you read about this stuff and you get told that they're going to give you a psychiatric assessment, I can honestly say I don't think I ever had that. It was a very affirmative approach. I was actually at the Tavistock clinic that got shut down. So uh, that's where I went through my treatment. Yeah. So there's no surprise there, really. But it was pretty much I sat there and they said, so how do you feel? Oh, I feel like I'm, I feel male. OK. Um, do you know about any side effects of hormones? Oh, I had a little read. I know about your heart rate, you know, more likely to get a heart attack three times of things. And they just went, OK, well, you've got to live as a man now for a year and then we'll put you on hormones. Now, this is where it's quite deceptive because I technically wasn't living as a man because I wasn't on hormones yet. I was technically just still a female woman wearing men's clothes with my hair cut short. So they don't tell you like how hard it can actually be once the hormones come into play. So I did my year, you know, and I'd already been living as a man for a while. I actually held off having the appointments because of my college. So I'd already, I was just living a normal life at that point because I've been living, I guess, since 2009. And then I finally went back and I got put on the hormones and that's when things got really tough because one thing they don't tell you is that testosterone is very powerful and it can cause you great mood swings. Mm -hmm. Before I started tea, when I used to get upset, I tended to get more teary than frustrated. When I started testosterone for a long time, I couldn't cry anymore. And that's really, really tough because crying is a release. When you're stressed, sometimes you need a good cry to feel better. Imagine feeling so upset and all you want to do is cry, but nothing comes out. I had this problem. And then I researched it afterwards. Other trans men had had the same issue. And I was thinking, why wasn't I told this? And I would tend to get my blood would boil when I'd get frustrated really quickly. And a few times my friends would call me out going, Matt, why why are you acting like this? And I was thinking, I don't know. And I, I didn't know who I was for a little while. And then it balanced out. They want to do all of this to children who are already emotionally unstable. Yes. 
and don't know who they are or what they want yet. I can't even imagine it. It makes me want to cry thinking about it because I know how stressed I was and I can't imagine how it would be for them when they're already going through a million feelings. And we're being told just straight up lies about puberty blockers. Yes. There's all kinds of campaigns out by hospitals, by doctors, and they're saying you can just pause them. And they're, they're not even mentioning side effects whatsoever, but there's not really, you can't really just pause that and have no side effects. Can you tell us about the blockers a little bit more? Yeah, so the blockers are absolutely dangerous. Um, they can cause bone loss. They can cause dysfunction with your genitals. You know, you can't use the bathroom properly anymore. Um, they can cause uh, depression, like a lot of depression. Um, they can cause memory loss. The list is pretty endless. I, I recommend people check out Chloe Cole because mm -hmm. Chloe Cole, she has been incredible lately. Uh, she was put on puberty blockers and testosterone at age 13 and she was given a hysterectomy, uh, sorry, a double mastectomy, sorry, at age 15. And she's now detransitioning and she has been very, very loud on the side effects she has had and she says i can never have children now she'll never be able to be a mum, and that breaks my heart because that's the greatest gift a, a, a woman can get is being a mother and she's realized that because her parents affirmed her and they, they weren't they, they weren't trying to be progressive these were parents who were generally trying to you know they loved their daughter she she speaks up for them she says they they loved me they didn't know but think how they must feel as well knowing that their daughter now can't have children and all of that it's truly heartbreaking and, and and this is all because of the blockers and meanwhile you've got these corporations like youtube who are being absolutely disgraceful and they are targeting their advertisement time in between videos to youth about puberty blockers. They're using it to advertise puberty blockers and their exact words are puberty blockers are like a traffic light stoplight for your puberty. Like it just pauses it. Well, and, and Lupron is what they use to castrate pedophiles, yeah, pedophiles. but then they're just going to give that to your kid and they don't tell people that either. Like if you actually really love your child, you also want them to be able to have healthy sex as an adult too. And this is going to interfere with this. The FDA even recently sounded the alarm on puberty blockers. And this is why I find it so crazy that you have these disgraceful people with all these facts being out still saying, oh, they're safe. It just pauses your puberty while the FDA are literally sounding an alarm. I think you're kind of asking, uh, answering the question that I've had in my head. And, and the question that I've had in my head is, is there a way to teach gender safely to kids? And it's not that teaching them about this is, is dangerous. It's not dangerous to teach them about being gay or trans. The danger is going down this route. And I, I don't know how you mitigate that danger. How do you educate children appropriately about all these different communities without them jumping on the bandwagon? Because that is where we're at. We're not just educating them, we're promoting them and we're elevating the status of them, which is making more yep. kids transition than would have naturally. There, there's without a doubt more, more kids becoming trans um, and non-binary that wouldn't have come to that conclusion on their own. I, I honestly believe this 
topic should have been left between parents and their child because there's a risk when you bring gender ideology into schools because the person delivering the message and that is why we're seeing this radical push because we see a lot of these teachers and they're 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 very far on the progressive end they're these woke teachers and they are pushing what they believe rather than fact and that is the issue we have opinion which is normally emotion based over fact being taught and I honestly do believe that if someone is trans, they will feel it on their own. They will. Like I was five years old and I, I, I would look at, you know, um, the boys who lived on my estate and they'd be playing football and in their little football kits. And then my mum would take me to the, the girl's clothes shop and I would she'd take me to the girl's section. Then I'd feel like she was putting me in the wrong clothes. You know, I'd look at the boy's section and I'd be really lost. So I, I just think there is ways to teach it and it's just if your kid comes to you and they tell you that they feel this way don't laugh at them listen to them but also make them understand that they're going to go through a lot of emotions and while they're going through that period of time while they're young it's best to just hold off on things and express themselves however they wish if you know if they want to start using a, a pronoun to make themselves feel better let them if they want to cut their hair let them but nothing none of this medicalization because there is a chance that a few years could pass and then they'll go through like the later stages of puberty and be like what was i thinking because this happens a lot you know a lot of a lot of tomboys i've i've grown up around are really feminine now you know they're really mm -hmm. feminine just let them explore themselves being young is great you get to find out who you are you get to like explore who you are the things you like what you don't like adding in this extra stuff is just going to confuse them and being young is confusing enough and i think a parent should just be like hey right now i don't want you doing this but if you're older and you still feel the same yep. i've got your back no matter what i love you no matter what that is how you teach a kid to love themselves inside as well because they need to realize hey it's okay to feel all you are there's nothing wrong with you you're just going through things it's all right like it's being loving it's because this you know the LGBT community, the radicals, they've also done this thing where if someone even says how they're feeling in, in like that kind of way, they're silenced and made to hate themselves about it. Mm. They don't preach love at all. They, they literally preach, you think how I do, or you don't exist to us. And that is why we need to come from this place of love and just say to them, hey, I'm not being mean to you. There's a reason why like my mum was great, but she was a bit firm in places. Like I would probably be a little bit softer than my mum was, but she had the right idea, you know. But I can also imagine it must be pretty crazy when you give birth to a child and then they turn around to you and say, Hey, I think I'm this gender. Sorry, what? You know, it, it, it's pretty hard. And for some parents too, when their child um starts identifying a different way, even if it's not medicalized yet, you've got to think of it as a sense as like it took me a while to realize, but my mum had to let go of the little girl that she thought she had. And then, you know, it, it, it must be very hard for them as well. So it's all about patience. It's all about being supporting and it's all about coming from a place of love. It really is just about that. And I think if people just had a lot more love, we wouldn't be having these issues as bad as we do, but it does not belong in the school because of the fact that you don't know who that message is coming from and how it's being delivered. And it, that's why we've got this problem right now, because as we can see, it's being delivered in a really, really bad way. It is. They've taken it too far. And like, 
the left used to be the party of like love and acceptance, right? And all the hate, like this is why so many people are, I call it like ejecting from the left because they're actually going over to the right where all of a sudden the right seems to be much more willing to hear all sides and like, hey, come over here. And like from what I've seen from you on media, for example, it seems like the left media won't even give you a second of air, but the the right media was like, yeah, let's hear what Matt has to say. Yeah, um, every podcast or interview I've been invited on so far, mostly right-leaning. Um, I have not had a, sim- a single left-wing media invite me to talk. Um, there's even a guy who's been interviewing uh, all these TRAs, but I doubt he'd have someone like me, Buck or Blair on, that's for sure. I really doubt that. Um, and Gays Against Groomers, uh, we've said as as the organization, you know, we would happily go on a left wing thing as well, but they, they won't have us. They won't have us on there. So Whereas this Fox have invited us on. So this tolerant party won't allow you to speak, attacks you if you speak. Okay, so let's look at this this big picture. So we have the left that refuses to look at reality. They refuse to talk about side effects of the drugs. They're pushing children into these surgeries as fast as humanly possible with clear, obvious harm happening at every single level. We have uh, a group of detransitioners now coming into the tens of thousands. They refuse to let that come to light. You have teachers pushing this in school. Why, Matt? Like, why? Like, none of this makes sense. There's clearly some sort of agenda behind this. Why are we why are we taking these kind of risks with kids, seeing how obvious they are? All of this agenda and new curriculum coming in all ties to Kinsey and Monet. The, the work that Kinsey did, and it's monstrous, absolutely disgraceful, it all leads into this pro-pedo curriculum, because that's what it is. You know, why else would you be teaching children ages not to four to masturbate and other things like that? You know, like children don't even know what that stuff is. Why would you be forcing this on them? Um, I have some stuff about Kinsey. I, I can read right now if you want me to go into that. Yeah, please. So in Canada, we have it's called the Soji curriculum and Soji comes from Kinsey. And guys, if you Google this, you're not going to find it. I hope you know by now you mm-hmm. can't use Google. Go to DuckDuckGo. Um, Matt place. can tell us who Kinsey actually is. Mm-hmm. And and we need to I, I need to say this is important because the left loves to cancel people, right? We cancel someone because 10 years ago you were associated with such and such a person or you said the wrong thing. Well, if that's really important to people now, we have to look at association. And the SOGI curriculum here is, it comes straight from Kinsey and Monet. So let's let's hear about what kind of men these guys were. Okay, I'll start with Kinsey and then I'll go into Monet. Um, I want to just mention before I go into this that Indiana's Bloomington University have literally just erected a statue of this monster you're about to hear about. So speaking of what you just said about cancel culture, they're canceling the wrong people because this man got on with a statue. Kinsey's best-selling books provided claims for the sexual revolution and gay rights movements. Monet's literature provided revolutionary thinking on sex change and gender identity. 
Uh, before the 50s, sex education was extremely controversial. The first ever lessons on sexuality were devised in 1919 communist Hungary by George Lukács, the deputy commissar for culture in Bolshevik Balakan government. His publicly stated mission was to remove roadblock of religious morality. Between 1948 and 53, Kinsey published two reports which are cited as evidence human sexuality is fluid and exists on a continuum scale. The first was composed as interview with 5,300 men, men, and around 8,000 women, they were children. Kinsey popularized contemporary belief that people aren't necessarily born heterosexual. His rating scale ran from one to six with X classification for asexual, six meaning gay. In 1949, Kinsey testified before California General Assembly Subcommittee on sex crimes, urging them to liberalize sex offense statutes. He argued to grant immediate parole to suspected child molesters, warning that societal hysteria does more harm to children than the actual molestation. These were his exact words. It is difficult to understand why a child, except for its cultural conditioning, should be disturbed at having its genitalia touched or disturbed at seeing the genitalia of other persons or disturbed at even more specific sexual contacts. Dr. Miriam Grossman said of Kinsey, when I say that Kinsey was a deeply disturbed individual, it fails to capture the level of his psychopathology. I've been a psychiatrist for 30 years and trust me, I've met some very strange people. I am not easily shocked. So that just tells you how messed up this man was. Kinsey documented, trigger warning people here, okay? Mm -hmm. Kinsey documented 17 hours of sexual crimes from 63-year-old paedophile Rex King. He published much of King's data in sexual behavior in the human male, where tables summarized King's attempts to bring to orgasm boys two months to 15 years. Sorry, it makes me sick. Okay. In some cases, over a 24-hour period. Kinsey's response to King's documented child abuse was, I commend you on the research spirit, which has led you to collect data over these many years. Kinsey collected data from several other paedophiles and even financially compensated fathers who were sexually abusing their own children. Kinsey claimed that children were sexual from birth and that the earlier they started sexual education, the more chance they will have to supposedly develop adjusted personalities and wholesome attitudes towards sexual behavior. So that's everything on Kinsey. So you can see this man is an absolute monster. And that's where this WHO stuff comes in. Now, regarding the gender stuff, that is John Monet, and I'm going to go into him now. Can I pause you just real sure. quick? The WHO, how, how are they involved in, in this they, work of who is clearly a pedophile, did yeah. experiments on thousands of children and babies? It's disgusting. The WHO have used um, data from the Kinsey Institute and Kinsey's work um, to bring about the new curriculum and that is where it shows the age ranges with sex education and it says for ages 0 to 4 to start teaching early childhood masturbation and it also says about the good touch and bad touch um, there is a group of women right now in wales uk called child protection wales and they did a presentation recently where they actually um got loads of this stuff including the books and the videos that are going to be shown in sex education classes right and they are horrific one of the clips i actually saw i'm sorry this is graphic but it showed a banana being dipped into chocolate spread this is going to be shown for ages six to twelve it said okay and then it said twenty percent of women do anal 
This is all going to be shown in sex education for ages six and up. I can give you after this recording, um, I can give you a link to this presentation so people can watch it in the in the notes for your podcast if you want. But this um, presentation, even though it's Wales, again, is very important because it's the same curriculum. This World Health Organization curriculum that is based on Kinsey and, and Monet is going to be global. So the, the people of Canada really do need to listen because, like you said, it will come to them afterwards. America just seems to be the number one push for it right now as like the experimental um, phase. They're trying to sexually liberate children and they're trying to normalize other adults having very explicit sexual conversations with your children. Like the, these teachers who are acting like activists, they think it's their duty to do this almost like, oh, the internet doesn't exist. And you know, the, the kid that's, that's trans won't figure it out one day, or the kid that's gay won't figure out how to have sex in, in graphic detail. Like that information is out there. Why a teacher who's not a therapist <laughs> is, is in a good spot to teach your children. This is, is just so alarming. It's actually horrific and I don't know how more teachers like there are good teachers don't get me wrong I've had a few reach out to me saying they can't believe what's happening but you would think more would be doing it the moment a kid turned you know a parent came in and go why are you giving my child this trash they should be going what is this yep that would be they're defending it they're defending it it's it's pretty terrifying wow and how it's it's really creepy that it's coming down from the who like from higher and higher levels like this stuff is happening synchronously i can't talk right now it's happening at every school at every level all around the world all at the same time it's terrifying it's it's an agenda and it's being pushed and you know we are we're looking like we're this close for the door being opened for paedophilia it looks like they're trying to lower the age of consent i can't think of any other reason why you would push this monstrous stuff unless you were trying to legalize paedophilia and we have to put a stop to it well we have one of our political parties right now even trying to lower the age of voting and this is this is how this stuff happens it's slow and when i think about that well what's the next step well they you know they can vote because they're actually adults okay and then what's and then it'll just start creeping down and creeping Mm -hmm. down it will it's okay it's frightening tell us about uh is it money monet i don't know how to say it let's just say money (laughs) john john money your money okay so in the early 70s money aided efforts to have homosexuality removed from the american psychiatric association's list of mental health disorders and conducted the first study that homophobes were motivated by their own suppressed homosexuality In 85, he testified before the Attorney General Edwin Meese's commission that pornography was not detrimental to minors. Even worse, he claimed that paedophilia was not harmful to children and that adolescents should receive specific instructions on masturbation. Do you see that in WHO, ages 0 to 4, early masturbation? So there's that connection. Mm -hmm. This is where they're getting it. Yep. In 1946, he reconceptualized the term sexual preference to sexual orientation. In 1955, he posited six categories of six variables from his studies into hermaphroditism, so-called assigned sex, genitals, internal organs, hormonal, secondary, gonads and chromosomes, which is repeated by trans campaigners, vertebrae. In 65, he co-founded the John Hopkins 
gender identity clinic, funded in part by female to male philanthropist Reed Erickson, which performed the first sex reassignment surgeries in the United States. Again, money was not a medical doctor. In 86, he defined lists of abnormal love under the umbrella term paraphilias to replace perversions, philia being Greek for love. In 88, he attempted to confront mind-body dualism with a concept of body-mind in gay strength and in between, the sexology of erotic orientation. Money is the founder of the idea sex and gender are somehow disconnected from one another and the father of transgenderism. In 1988, he wrote, because sex differences are not only genitally sexual, although they may be secondarily derived from the procreative organs, I found a need some 30 years ago for a word under which to classify them. That word, which has now become accepted into language, is gender. Everyone has a gender identity, role, one part of which is one's genital or genitosexual gender identity, role. The masculinity and or femininity of your gender role is like the outside of a revolving globe that everybody can observe and read the meaning of. Inside the globe are the private workings of your gender identity. He, he, his description of the role humans perform was, all those things that a person says or does to disclose himself or herself as having the status of a boy or man, girl or woman, respectively. It includes, but is not restricted to sexuality in the sense of eroticism. Gender role is appraised in relation to the following, general mannerisms, deportment and demeanor, play preferences, and recreational interests, spontaneous topics of talk and unprompted conversation and casual comment, content of dreams, daydreams and fantasies, replies to oblique inquiries and projective tests, evidence of erotic practices, and finally, the person's own replies to direct inquiry. So that's all about John Monet. So you guys might know this story. John Monet did the um, surgeries on, on the twin boys, correct? Yes. So there were twin baby boys born in, in Winnipeg, actually, where I was born. <laughs> twin boys. He did a circum or another doctor did a circumcision, completely botched it, mm -hmm. um, did it the incorrect way and, and ruined one of the boys' penises. This doctor, Monet, came in and told the parents that it would be better for him to change his gender than to just lack a penis. Mm -hmm. And maybe at the time, maybe under duress, parents thought it was a good idea. So they changed him into a girl, raised him as a girl. And this caused great distress to both boys. The boy who was mutilated eventually killed himself. And I was pulling up a CBC article because this man is touted as the father of modern day gender yeah. theory he's praised for his work cbc does say that it is controversial they do mention that the boy killed himself but they also say that this was a success and that we should listen to this man's work and repeat his work but here's something that cbc left out that i found so it turns out both twins were deeply disturbed by this process um, so the one boy did end up committing suicide, but the other twin was also deeply disturbed for life. And what I found on John Money was during the twins' psychiatric visits with Money, as part of his research, Reimer, the boy, and his twin brother were directed to inspect one another's genitals and engage in behavior resembling sexual intercourse. 
Reimer claimed that much of money's treatment involved the forced reenactment of sexual positions and motions with his brother. Evil. No wonder these children were messed up. It, the, the forced gender reassignment was bad enough, mm-hmm. but he was a pedophile. Pure evil. It's disgusting. Pure evil. Both of these men tried to, you know, speak out that pedophilia wasn't harmful to children. They both, they both were for it and they were open about it. And yet these people are behind everything being pushed right now because their work apparently is seen as valuable and it's disgusting. And Alfred Kinsey, we, you know, we just went through how much of a monster he was. That statue that was erected of him is the biggest insult. It should not be up there. You know, we've, we've heard in the last couple of years, statues being ripped down. Well, why is that one up? If you're going to rip down a statue, now that's a statue that should not have even been erected in the first place. And uh, I made a video about it. Um, when the statue first got put up and uh i it popped off on tiktok and i had several comments saying that people had been ringing the university about it afterwards and the last comment i received um i was pretty happy about it because he rang and they said they were receiving a high volume of calls about the statue and i and uh gays against groomers main page posted the video too and we actually had people who were students at the university commenting going i had no idea what and they could they, they were disgusted you know like this is what's really disturbing about it as well is i know like students are kind of older but they're still in education they're still young and yet you've got a pedophile mm-hmm. behind it his own institute there and he was compiling these evil experiments while he was studying while he was teaching there he was doing his studies there and it was probably the university's funds that funded this horrific research as well. And that's what people really need to think about. There is so many levels to this and it gets worse. The more you think about it, it's, it's a really horrible subject. And I know some of those things would have been really hard to hear for some people. They're very triggering. They're hard to, it was hard for even to say them, but Mm -hmm. people need to know because these monsters are being praised and they are evil. And Liam Neeson even played Kinsey in a movie and was made out, you know, made him out to be this incredible man. I mean, that's the problem with like everything that's happening in the world. It's no surprise that do your own research got vilified a a long Mm. time ago. We are weaponizing the guilt of well-meaning people. We're saying, as soon as you ask a question, we're going to call you a homophobe. We're going to call you racist. We're going to call you a Nazi, whatever it is. So people stop asking questions. They definitely don't do their research. And everyone just has to, <laughs> you got to, you got to grow a set right now. You have to handle some name calling and call this stuff for mm-hmm. what it is, especially in a time and space where people love to cancel people. <laughs> if you want to cancel someone, like we need to cancel this curriculum. We need to cancel this university. Um, these these people are sick. They're monsters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's clear harm happening right now. This is not good for our kids. It's not, and uh, a lot of people are afraid to speak up, and it's because of this mob that just attack. But I have faith: the more people that get loud the more people that are going to have the courage to speak. And I think gays against groomers in general, um, our movement has, 
helped a lot of people already. You know, there's a lot of parents who have been more willing to speak up at these school board meetings because of, you know, some of the appearance that Gaze Against Groomers have made. Uh, Mario and Frank did another one yesterday, incredible. And, you know, stood their ground with the TRA shouting abuse at them outside. Um, the school board meeting actually had four armed officers turn up at it to try and intimidate. This is how bad it is. A school board meeting had armed officers because gays against groomers are there trying to protect kids. And you know who else this isn't good for? It's not good for gay people. It's not good for the trans huh? community. Like, how do you feel as someone in the trans community um, getting looped in with pedophiles and people that identify as maps or people that want to mutilate children? That's not fair. That's not accurate. That's not, that's not who you are. Yet this crazy community wants to just smush you together with criminals honestly sometimes it makes it feel embarrassing to be trans sometimes because where these people are being given such a voice and you know they're being propelled into the spotlight and stuff it's really shocking especially when the best some of the behavior i mean a lot of the behavior but some of it's worse than others you know like when you see that clip of that uh, little girl rubbing that little mermaid's crotch you know all these things and it's just it literally makes you feel shame but why should we feel ashamed it's not us no. it's not me doing this i'm trying to stop this but sometimes it gets hard not to get caught up in that you know like our community is being eroded from the inside out yep and these people are so nasty as well. Like I can't even, some of the things they say and so easily as well, it makes me just feel really sad for them because they're lost. They don't know what they're doing. They've been weaponized. All of this propaganda, because there's so much of it, there's propaganda everywhere you turn, has weaponized people. Like some people out there, they're almost not human anymore. They're just consumers. I'm sure you've noticed it too. They have no personality behind what the TV tells them. And it's not just with this stuff. And uh, the world has really changed. That's all I can say. Well, and this is why we're turning to such a cesspool. The reason that you're able to speak out, Matt, I can tell is because like you said, you have that deep level of self-acceptance. You have a strong sense of identity that has nothing to do with being trans or being gay or like you just actually know who you are what your values are where what we're doing now is holding up these outer shells and saying well you belong to this pocket of people and if you belong to this pocket of people you have to go along with everything that they say and if you poke any holes in mm -hmm. particular behaviors i.e Maybe you shouldn't bring your five-year-old to a drag show where someone's body parts are hanging out. If you poke mm -hmm. holes in that behavior, the radical left says, oh, well, I guess you just hate trans people or you hate yourself yep. or you hate the gay community. It's so absurd. Yeah, I actually had one comment on one of my videos once saying, uh, you, you really hate yourself, don't you? And I was like, actually... I love myself. That's why I'm not afraid to speak out in front of millions of people because <laughs> I don't care. I don't care because my heart is with the children. I would die if it meant protecting the children. Like if things got south and the world went really bad and like we got in trouble for this stuff, I would die on this hill because children are the future. They are innocent. They should not have these attacks at them. And like, 
I'm sure we all feel the same about this. Like mm-hmm. children is a hill we're all die- willing to die willing to die on, and for a good reason too, because they don't know what's happening. They're they're going to school and they they think they're learning things, but they're learning lies. They are being taught lies. People that hate themselves wouldn't be able to put themselves in such a vulnerable position and receive hate. It's it's because it's the opposite. It's because you have yeah. such a strong sense of self that you're able to do this. I mean, I did feel fear at first about it because I knew how crazy these people can be. So I was a bit nervous about speaking out on it. But the one thing I've learned now, when I get hate comments now, I just laugh at them because once you once you they all say the same thing right <laughs> these people all have the same insult that they throw at you are oh, you're a nazi uh far right this are oh, you're transphobic are oh, you're hateful you're spreading yeah. missing it's always the same thing and i'm just like <laughs> never an argument never an argument just a name yeah I know, they, they go for the names all the time i mean there, there was one time I, I had a spot come up and someone just felt the need to comment oh you've got a spot and i was like okay <laughs> did you not listen to a word i said in my video i really don't care like you have nothing like actually educational to tell me to go away <laughs> whereas we just talked for a solid hour um about evidence and facts and science and stories and all the reasons why you have concerns and we shouldn't do this and then the other side just says you're a nazi yeah you're <laughs> That's literally what happens to me every day. It's, it's really <laughs> funny. But yesterday, I, the first comments I saw was two hate comments, and they were both the same garbage. And I was just like, does no one tell these people that they can just keep scrolling? Like The thing, the thing that makes me laugh the most about them is these people don't read the room. Like My comment section will be loads of parents uh-huh. and stuff in support, and then they'll come in going, no one likes you, go die. And I'll be like, have you read the comments? <laughs> oh, love you. <laughs> like, You're in the wrong place. Keep going. <laughs> Um, I love you. I literally gaze against groomers is my favorite site. I'm just like, fuck yeah. And, and honestly, it's, it's, it is the kids, but I keep all my gay friends front and center. And I just think, yes, like good on you. You're standing, you're not going to let this community get tanked by these psychos. No, it can't be because, you know, the gay community is not a monolith. It is not. So stop trying to make it one. They keep doing this. And uh, it's just it's getting beyond insane. Some of the stuff they actually say, I just I don't even respond to it because I look at it and think, (laughs) how could you even be okay with typing that? You know, (laughs) it really worries me. Like I saw a post the other day as well, um, slightly off topic, but it was another woke ideology. And it said uh, two plus two doesn't equal four. That's a Western ideology. And I was thinking, are we really at this point where people are just making up whatever they feel now? (laughs) Oh, my God. It it is a clown world. It really is. is. It is. It's really terrifying. Like It's got to the point where uh, I read a Babylon Bee article and it's actually something that (laughs) it's actually true. Oh, my God. I mean, a few of them have come true. That's where I've gotten to. I I don't know if you've seen my account. I literally just post memes now because I think it's the only way I can actually wake people up is is through comedy because they're not paying attention to facts anymore. Everything's (laughs) just insane. I saw this hilarious clip from Dr. Phil and they had this um, they them uh, woman on there. And uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's just so funny. he was asking how she deals with people asking what gender her child is. And she goes, um, so if someone asks me if my child is a boy or a girl, I say 
they're three and a half years old. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then there was this they, them in the audience, the one from the Crayola advert. And he was looking at her going, I was like, oh, of course you're encouraging it. I was like, just... <laughs> I was like, oh, the mental illness in the world. And they're all just there like, yep. Oh, my God. Because we're bullied. People are too scared. They're just too scared. They, they can't handle being called names. I mean, okay, we're actually, we are at this point. Clearly, it's causing a lot of harm. Clearly, it's nonsensical. Mm -hmm. Clearly, it's not based in science or fact or even support from the gay community. There absolutely is an agenda behind this because there's no other reason we would continue doing something that is causing children harm you guys in the next five ten years in the next year it's already happening you're going to yeah. see a, a tidal wave of depression and drug overdoses and it, it's going to be horrific look childhood is hard puberty is hard it's already hard. Let it be hard for your kids. They're looking for a quick solution. The quick solution, solution A doesn't exist. The puberty is hard. You just have to go through it. The quick solution is not changing your gender, is having a, a radical surgery. You have to go through these periods of life that it's a rite of passage. Every single one of us goes through this. And as an adult, as an adult, do whatever you want to do as an if you're not hurting another person do whatever you need to do as an adult but none of this stuff should be on our kids adults are going to do what they're going to do you can't stop them but children uh-uh yeah uh, if an adult wants to make a mistake if it might not be a mistake for them but if it is that was their choice but children they cannot make an informed decision and i've said it before and i'll say it again this is the modern lobotomy this is exactly what this is and when those floodgates do open worse than they are now and all these other cases come through these medical professionals are going to want to duck and run because they're going to be in a lot of trouble because they've pushed this and there's that woman in california you know disgusting bragging about the, the mutilation she's doing of kids oh i'm gonna yeet the teats she belongs behind bars they all do and i can't wait to see it happen Mm -hmm. I don't care. I can't wait to see all of these child abusers locked up because that's what they are. They are child abusers. One other, and this might be a, a just a straight up conspiracy theory. And by the way, that that word is so funny. People hear conspiracy and they think not true. Conspiracy means it's normally true, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it means that there's an there's another agenda that that happens all the time. That that is a real thing. Mm -hmm. So for sure, we know this is about money, for sure. They're making up to a million dollars per person um, as they go through all of their trans surgeries. So up to a million dollars per person. So there's money. Um, there absolutely are pedophiles that created these theories that are being taught in school. In Ontario, Canada specifically, um, the man that made the Ontario sex ed curriculum was a convicted pedophile. Mm -hmm. um, we still teach that curriculum, by the way. So let's let's cancel him and cancel that curriculum. The one other one that I do keep thinking about, knowing that these surgeries and drugs make it impossible for kids to procreate. It's depopulation. I, that's right. I don't want to go there because it sounds batshit crazy. But it's what true, is though. the world's biggest problem? So they say it's climate change. Climate change is from population. What's the number like? They can starve people in poor countries. 
And then they go to the Western countries and they get people just to castrate themselves. And it was easier than I ever thought possible. Mm -hmm. People just sign up for it after a month. They're like, yeah, sign me up. Oh, for sure. It's 100% depopulation. And then if you want to go down that path as well, it's also the transhumanism, you know, they and you can see it. There are feminine men and masculine females. It's in front of our eyes right now. We are seeing the demasculization of men and, and, and masculine females. And the reason why is if we have a lot of feminine men walking around, we can't defend ourselves as well. That's right. Look back to like World War One, World War Two. Look at a man then, muscly, all of this. They could fight for their country, right? They could handle themselves. Can you imagine right now if there was a call up? Can you imagine? <laughs> no, <I'm> gonna, <laughs> it's I'm terrifying. Send right? you a meme after this. I have a good one for you. No, there there was this attack on the male for the last five, 10 years. And it's funny, you always hear toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity, but you never hear of toxic femininity because it's a pendulum swing. Toxic femininity is cancel culture. It's everything that's happening on far left extremism like that. It, that's happening. And you're right. We're not there. There are genders, there are masculine and feminine energies, and they're equally valuable. And we can't erase either of them, but you're right. If we're going to war, if we're going to a tough space and time and space, we need masculine energy everywhere. Like I'm, I'm finding Blair White. I've seen her shoot her gun. Like she, she can come around too. She's very feminine, but like that girl's going to protect me. Oh yeah. She got it. <laughs> she, she's good. <laughs> But yeah, we're making weak people right now, whether it's masculine or feminine, we're making really weak, emotionally sensitive, insecure, obsessed about their appearance people instead of strong and resilient individuals. Yes. Yep. I mean, I've, I've had to like teach myself a lot of things of growth internally as well, because I used to be one of those people who's cared what people thought. And I used to be really shy about things, but when you know i went viral and things i realized that i have to knock it out and like get better at this stuff because i have stuff i have to do i need to get loud and like for the kids so i've had to help myself with that but i blame a lot of it on the generation you know i, I was born in 91 so that was like the beginning of the slippery slope i think with weak people like it's, it's <laughs> but the, the gen the Gen Z, I feel so bad for them. They are the most messed up generation I have ever seen. And it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. And it kind of makes me laugh as well, though, because I remember being young. I'm, I'm 31 now, but I remember being like a teenager myself and adults saying to me, your generation is so messed up. You're going downhill. And it is a big slippery slope and it's getting worse each generation. And now we're seeing a lot of, because of all this sexual stuff pushed at youth as well now we're seeing a lot of kids having sex at younger ages like teenagers are having sex young they're gonna get pregnant and we're gonna see kids having kids we're already seeing it now and think look how messed up gen z already are how messed up is that it's gonna be like the movie idiocracy it is literally gonna be like that movie I moved my family out of the city and into the bush. We live in a little island here and we're going back to pioneer days in my house. We like hunt and can and we're like, you're not allowed TikTok here because yeah. it's it's really fucked up right Brain now. Rot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but thank you for 
spending time with us. I, I really feel blessed Great to have time. this conversation with you. I think you're amazing. I know how much, I know how hard it is um, to speak these truths. And I'm so glad you found Gays Against Groomers so that you have this organization to support you and encourage you and surround you. And I mean, you have my total support if there's anything that I can do to elevate you. I mean, I'm going to be in your comments, making sure I attack all your trolls for sure. <laughs> appreciate you. Really appreciate you. Thank you mm -hmm. for having me on. I'd love to chat with you again sometime. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to have you back on. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Phew, guys, that was, I know that was a tough one. I know that was tough to listen to. I know some of those agendas might seem out of reach, but guys, it's no surprise that do your research got vilified a few years ago. Just because it's uncomfortable and just because we don't want to believe something to be true, it doesn't mean that it is not true. I encourage each and every one of you to really get involved in school politics. Send your concerns. Send this podcast Go on DuckDuckGo and research Kinsey. Research John Monet. Do your research yourself. If you don't believe us, please dive in. Don't just trust. Don't just do what they tell you. Don't let them bully you. You know, send this material to your schools and kindly and calmly initiate a conversation. Know that they're going to call it something different in Canada. They're going to say, oh, well, you know, we do the SOGI curriculum. I want you to drill home the fact that SOGI comes from John Monet and Kinsey. This is where it started. Bring to the schools facts like the amount of detransitioners, the amount of kids on puberty blockers and why those are really dangerous. Show them facts about how many kids are transitioning right now. The world is wild, guys. We got to stay rooted. We got to stay grounded and we have to be brave. Again, if you need help staying rooted and grounded in a world gone wild, send me an email. If you want one-on-one -on -one support, I can offer that. Or grab that killer deal I have right now. Join my community. We give you everything you need so that you can be unstoppable, so that nothing rattles you, nothing shakes you. You get built up from the inside out, stronger and stronger every day in the work that we do in The Sovereign. Guys, if you like this episode, if you like this show, please hit the subscribe button. And when you're listening to a podcast and it resonates with you, or if you think someone else should, please share it to your Instagram stories and tag us. Please tag us so that we see it and we'll make sure that we share you as well on our channels so that you start getting noticed too. It helps us build this community a ton, guys. We really appreciate that tiny bit of extra effort as we try and get this material out to as many people as possible. Thanks again, guys, for listening to the show, and we'll see you next time.